Hey, yo, what the f***? This is a pallet right here. The late night flight is paid for by the following. Time to play the game where we find out who's capping. It is... This is some This is the game where we find out if this is the bull I am. That's sure. New rule. And before I even say this man's name, let me just say what I need to say in the voice of my friend, Betty White. Thank you for being a friend. <laughs> Traveling round the road and back again. Your heart is true. You're a friend and a confidant. Co-producer Smarts, what's going on with you, sir? Everything's all right, man. Yeah, R.P. to Betty White. Yes. You know what I'm saying? R.P. to John Madden. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Um, we lost some real ones. Lost a lot of people last year, but Happy New Year. It's 2022. Let's make sure everybody stay alive and healthy. So, it is 2022. Yes, and sir. can you tell me, do you have any resolutions? Or if you do, or if you do have resolutions, can you at least tell me? Uh-huh. It doesn't matter if you have any resolutions, <laughs> all right? Because it is year three of the pandemic. We went from the coronavirus to the Delta variant to the United Airlines variant to the Virgin Airlines variant. Now we got the flu Rona. Word. Yo, coronavirus has more AKAs than a black sorority. I, mean. I, I don't know. Did you hear the the, the, the new HBCU? Hampton got a, got a variant? Nah, it's called the IHU variant. The what? The, <laughs> the IHU variant. I'm you, not lying. You told me it was an HBCU variant. Well, you know what I'm saying. AKA college. I hate you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I hate you, sir. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Let's start the game, Smarts. My God. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yo. I know we talked about Kanye West later on. We talked about him and Jay-Z doing the verses. Mm-hmm. But his personal life is getting rather hot right now. According to Page6.com, we can exclusively reveal that Kanye West went out to dinner with actress Julia Fox this past Sunday at the Makito Bal Harbar. Okay. Makato Bal Harbar. Sounds like money. M-A-K-O-T-O. Then another word is B-A-L. Then another word is H-A-R-B-O-U-R, which sounds like B-I-L-L Yanair, motherfucker. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. And they're also taking these things, not the billionaire at the uh, bar stuff, but their love to another level. Okay. All right. So they're saying that Julia and Yeez are dating. All right. This is a a, clo- a, a close source to page6.com is saying. They both just got out of their former relationships and they've helped each other recover immensely. Okay. They're kind of kindred spirits and it's cool to watch. A second source who happened to be at the Makoto, whatever you have, the billionaire place, the places where billionaires go. Exactly. They also told us that Kanye West kept his hoodie on the entire time while the the star of the show, Uncut Gems, that's a movie with Adam Sandler. Have you ever watched that? Yes, I did. I've seen that movie. She wore a leather trench. Sounds sexy. Both West and the woman who is the co-host of the Forbidden Fruits podcast told you, Smarts, everybody got a podcast. We need to find <laughs> Julia Fox so she can go do this podcast and get this podcast popping, okay? Because you know her podcast is 17 times way better than this one only because she's an actress on Hollywood. Word. But anyway, they're moving from their troubled relationships. As we know, West is in the midst of divorce proceedings from Kim Kardashian while Julia Fox is going through it with her ex and father of her new son, Peter Armitiv. I'm going to assume that's pronounced Armitiv. A-R-T-E-M-I-E-V. Okay. She says this. This man left me with a five-month-year-old and a dog and a home and all the bills. It's wrong. It's not fair. She fumed uh, She fumed heavily on an Instagram story talking about this during Christmas. Okay. Wow. So it sounds like she needs somebody to clean up that credit. Mm. And that billionaire is coming. Mm-hmm. All right. Smarts, I ask you, is it the bull that once you go Kardashian can't Kardashian again? <laughs> Facts. <laughs> That's some BS. My speech therapist helped you with that, Jim. <laughs> I mean, All right, huh? Nah, I was going to say a lot of them people got issues with them Kardashians. Lamar, um, your boy, uh, uh, forget it, never mind. He had a baby on uh, Chloe. Wow. <laughs> but anyway, 
So T-Pain doesn't play when it comes to his business, but he's not too proud to dole out some advice either. The Grammy award-winning artist routinely shares some of his hard winning wisdom about the music industry on his various social media platforms. But sometimes he admits people gets on his goddamn nerves. On this past Sunday, January the 2nd, Tallahassee Payne, T-Pain himself, who was likely triggered by one of his thousands and thousands of Instagram direct messages, fired off a tweet condemning aspiring artists for failing to properly present themselves and their music. I'm not going to Instagram to check your shit out. That's what he said. Be professional. Make a reel or a website. If Instagram is the height of your professionalism, then you won't fit over here. T-Pain had another solid piece of advice for other up-and-coming artists last July. During one of his Twitch sessions, the godfather of Autotone was furious after he was sent yet another music submission that sounded like all the others he received before. He says this, Smarts, you know when your sounds like everybody else, you know it. You're making it because you're in the studio like, what's the number one record out here right now? We need to make another one of those. Stop doing that. Stop. You're not original. Give me some original Are you seriously telling me that you sat here all day to watch me tell a to eat a and you thought that wasn't original? <laughs> Word? Are you seriously sitting here telling me eat a is the bad part of music? Stop, dog, stop. Just do something else. God, God, do some different music. Smarts, I ask you. Is it the book that the last time T-Pain was promoted properly as the number one auto-tune hit maker, Jay-Z rapped T-Pain's obituary, which was also known as Death of Auto-Tune, live in concert, right next to T-Pain, in front of thousands? Wow. That is some BS. That's a fact. That's a fact. But T-Pain actually had a point, too, though. Definitely. But, you know. And finally. (laughs) And finally. And I just want to let y'all know, I know it's 2022, so I'm going to be a little behind the curtain. This one right here, Smarts has been waiting for this his whole <laughs> life in 2022. So this is five days in the making right here, all right? Let's, let's go. From the maker of Savage Love and guy who would win best Halloween costume if he came to the annual Halloween party as any member of the black boy band who f***s up house parties full force, <laughs> Jason Derulo. Is that how you pronounce his name? Jason Derulo, yes. Jason Derulo. All right, little full force, okay? <laughs> wow. It's seen in a clip posted by TMZ doing some yapping and slapping on a couple of hecklers. Someone in the crowd can be heard shouting, hey, yo, why you slap him like that, dog? And then it's a separate voice that yells, hey, Usher, f- you. <laughs> and an apparent reference to another recording artist, Usher. Mm, mm, mm. It was unclear whether the heckler really thought Derulo was Usher or was making a wisecrack about the two music stars' resemblance. Uh, you know it was the joke. Come on now. But the verbal shot that was fired seemed to set Derulo right off, all right? He hopped over a security rope and allegedly punched the man, forcing bodyguards and several other people in the area to try to intervene. Smart I ask you... <laughs> Smarts, I ask you, I ask you, Smarts, Smarts, I ask you. I, I, I probably don't have to answer it. Ain't my type of fight, baby. <laughs> Yo, are you ready, Smarts? Go ahead. Smarts, I ask you, is it the bull Full force Jason will f*** you up if you ever accuse him for going in raw and letting it burn. You ain't got to answer that. Everybody on a mountain, everybody marching for a young nigga like me to get tsunami on it. I'ma get it, I'ma win a baby. I'll be on my curry till I crash a bird. 40 on it, yeah, I'm acting dirty. If it's at the appellation to the appellation, I'ma do whatever that they take to make a black nation. Hold on. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Sweets, and I'm your chief flight attendant. On behalf of the pilot and the entire crew, welcome aboard the late night flight. And here is your captain, the now river of New Jersey, the pilot of Tuskegee training. The greatest honey badger who has ever lived. 
the creator of Black Pilot Radio and the Late Night Flight. Here is the victorious one, Nassour Nuru. What up, my passengers? We are first in priority. Donate to the Cash App Dollar Sign the Late Night Flight to get this work from minorities. The Late Night Flight, oh, you never heard of it? Well, turn up the turbulence. Catch us on these Apple Podcasts and these Spotify services. I heart YouTube and the late night QR scan. Download Audible. Download Amazon Music. Just to hear us back and forth like a U-Haul fan. Yo, I started out not ahead of you. Now look at me. I'm the pilot with the better view. Making sure you can hear all 75 episodes. Wherever, wherever, wherever podcasts are available. Now let's take off. To all my passengers, to all my pilots, top of the year to you. Welcome back to the late night flight, Nasua, New Rue, Jers, Smarts. And before we talk about polygamy, before we talk about how I'm going to give advice to all the little men out here in America, before we talk about anything else that we have going on on this show, because we got a banger for you. We got a lot of speculation going on. We're going to do some old school podcast speculation. All right. You're going to love it. You are going to love it. But first, but first, there were two albums in 2021 that I thought were magical. No pun intended, because Nas new album Magic is fire and Rick Ross richer than I ever been, which I got to admit, Rick Ross has some of the best album titles in rap history. Yo, yo, God forgives. I don't Yo, You can't tell me that's not the illest rap. Yo, that's the realest rap album title ever, yo. God forgives, I don't. I was just saying that to people. I didn't know what the hell I was talking about, Jerz. I, I mean, the one, the you said the best one ever? I think that's one of the best album titles ever. All right. Top, the top one for me would be Money, Power, Respect. Was that an album? It's Locks, yep. That's yo, their that, first album. I thought they Under f- Bad Boy. It was. Mm-hmm. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. I thought it was. No, wait. Money, Power, Respect is the title of their first album, bro. Is that true, Smart? Under I, Bad Boy. I think so. I'm going to fact check you. Continue. As you fact check that, <laughs> I want to know what you thought about Rick Ross, Richard Than I Ever Been, and Magic Nas, Jers, go. Money, Power, Respect, January 13th, 1998. Which was fire, though. So, let's get back to this Nas and Ross. Yes. So, Nas is, uh, he's a GOAT. You know I'm not going to call him the GOAT because I'm going to go with Jay-Z on that one, but he's a GOAT. He actually said it in one of the records. Like, the way he put it together was fire. But anyway, Nas got that boom bat. He got that that old school feel to it, but he also talking his ish. You know what I mean? Like, he getting to it. When it come to Ross, Ross got that ride music. Yes. Ross make you want to throw on something and go to the club just yes. for one, just to stunt for one just night. Just to stunt for you know one I mean? night. You, you could, if you the type of dude that got something in the bank but you don't really floss like that, you're going to listen to Ross and that night you're going to go out. All the money coming out your account. Everything going Everything out. Everything coming out your account. And, and, and the chick that's on my arm is going to be the best looking chick that night. You're going to wish you had her shoes on. You're going to wish you had her bundles. Yes. You heard? Yes. You understand yes. what I'm saying? That's how Ross make you feel, bro. Yo, I really think this Ross album, I don't know if it's his, his, if it's his best album, mm-hmm. but I definitely think out of the last three albums that maybe some people really didn't hear, you know what I mean? Because uh-huh. I think that he kept it. I think he kept... His music, not under wraps, but just like, yo, this is for my fans and my fans only. It wasn't like after God forgives, I don't. To me, in my in my personal opinion, it like I had to buy a title to find out, oh, you got more albums, Rick Ross? <laughs> Word? Like, what's this mastermind? What's this black market? I ain't never, I ain't know none of this. But Richard than I ever been has solidified, in my opinion, him in the top 20 rap artists of all time. That's just my personal opinion. And Fact, then he should have always been there though. The Nas album. Now, here's my thing. It's mm-hmm. not about the album for Nas. Well, for me, it's not about Nas' new album. Because it's really just eight Nas songs. For the last two, three albums, he's been giving you like this EP style album where it's only like nine joints, eight joints. But the thing about those songs that I appreciate so much is the fact that the matter that he did boom bat right. Mm-hmm. The last few albums, in my opinion, he didn't do Boom Bat right. He did Boom Bat 1989 right. King's Disease 2 is all right, though. I mean, you know what? It's 
It's a mixed bag for some people. Me personally, I think we talked about it before. We did. I was just saying like, yo, is boom bap not dumb right? Because he tried to boom bap some modern and it just didn't come out right, in my opinion. Okay. With, with this style of boom bap, it sound, even though I know No ID didn't do it, it just sounded as if No ID did these tracks. Nas came off on it. And he came off on it. He came off on it. Like everybody, like even like DJ Khaled, when he want to do a song with Nas, he try to do some hate me now, 1993 old school thing and think Nas is just going to rip it. And Nas going to rip it, but it don't come off right. It don't sound 2021. It sound 1989. It sound Illmatic. <laughs> or what women would say now is Illmatic. You know what I mean? Like that's, <laughs> that's what it would be. But anyway, enough about these goats. I want to talk about a black mayor putting a black police commissioner on administrative leave for shooting at a black suspect who just happens to be a woman. But this woman shot somebody else and injured this person. It's crazy. Smarts, <laughs> if you may, can you play the YouTube clip so we can speculate? Happy New Year, everyone. But sadly, we begin tonight with developing news. The Little Rock police chief now on administrative leave after he shot his gun at a suspect during a gas station disturbance. Police tell us that Chief Keith Humphrey witnessed a, quote, armed disturbance in front of the Superstop gas station on Asher Avenue. As he was getting out of his unmarked vehicle, that's when 29-year-old Taz Hayes shot and injured the victim. Arkansas State Police say that's then when the chief shot at Hayes, but LRPD says the bullet did not hit her. Officers say Hayes then left the gas station but was arrested a short time later. She is being charged with first degree battery and as of now the Arkansas State Police say they will be investigating to determine if the use of deadly force by the chief was necessary. Humphrey has been placed on administrative leave while both departments look into what happened and Assistant Chief Crystal Haskins will be taking his place until this is all resolved. Little Rock Mayor Frank Scott Jr. released a statement this afternoon in reference to last night's shooting. Scott says, quote, this is an unprecedented situation because it involves our chief of police. In our ongoing efforts to remain accountable, clear and transparent, we have asked the Arkansas State Police to investigate both incidents and they have agreed. First of all, the man first two names is police chief Keith. Wow. Okay. <laughs> hey, yo, he was probably pulled up in that unmarked car talking about everybody loves so so and just hopped out, <laughs> try to get some Skittles and some sunbursts and say, hold up, wait, somebody over here trying to shoot at people. Bang, bang, bang. <laughs> and now, bang, bang. And now he's on administrative leave. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. I know. That with this show, I do a lot of journalism and I like to study. I like to study. I like to study. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know everything about police protocol when it comes to shooting people. Okay. okay. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm just being honest about that. I, I'm going to just make a quick assumption that a police officer that has a gun is, should only shoot when there is somebody else with a gun that has fired the gun at someone else. I mean, I ain't saying they have to do it then. I'm just saying this is when that that semantic can start. Um, I thought you you can use a gun when someone else's life is in danger. So mm -hmm. it could be a knife. It doesn't necessarily have to be a gun. Okay. So if someone's life is in danger and you're endangering someone's life, right. you can get shot. Okay. A police officer can shoot you and basically keep their job. Now, before, because I do want you guys, I said some great things offline. I definitely want y'all to talk about those things. Okay. So let me flip it like this. I don't understand why this black officer is on administrative leave when the last three, four years, especially through this coronavirus season that we've been through, where we've been in the house and we've seen George Floyd and we've seen the, the woman, Kim Potter, that's going down for manslaughter for what she did. Uh-huh. Um, I'm just saying like, well, here's a brother. And yes, I am getting a little biased because it's a black person, but they shot at somebody that was that shot and injured somebody. Uh huh. And in my mind, I'm thinking like, well, this guy shouldn't be on administrative leave just because he's doing his job. Mm. He's trying to protect someone that got injured from a bullet from someone else. Uh huh. 
But now this person on administrative leave. It sounds like Jers is ready to attack me. <laughs> Go ahead, Jers. I'm talk not, to me. I'm not ready to attack you, but all right, two things. First, let's let's address the administrative leave part. Anytime an officer discharges their weapon, whether they hit someone or not, they go on administrative leave. They have to give an account, which is a report of what happened. And then they go to the detectives and, you know, their superiors, they do an investigation, they check ballistics to make sure that everything that officer said that took place while they discharged that weapon actually took place. When it's a white police force and the white, you know, officer does it, he lies, everybody backs him up. Mm. That's point one. Point two, I noticed that the clip said it was the police chief. So something else that people may not understand or realize is, first of all, the police chief is never alone. Should never be alone. There's always a lieutenant and or a sergeant that chauffeurs the chief around. The chief should never be in a position where they discharge their weapon. Ever. You understand oh, what I'm saying? Oh, so that, okay. And I, I, I can speak to that because I used to work for the police department. Right, right. Uh, that's here. That might not be the case in Arkansas. That's also true. It's a different state, different jurisdiction, different rules and, you know, town yeah. ordinances. But I still can't see why a chief would be in that position it's just strange. It's just strange. But being the fact that he did discharge his weapon, that happens. That's a standard thing. Um, I think suspension and administrative leave are two totally different things. Facts. So if there was any misconduct, he would have probably gotten suspended, which means he did something wrong. They know he did something wrong, so they suspended him. Then you would know like criminal charges or something like that would be considered. Mm-hmm. When an officer goes on administrative leave, they're basically trying to figure out what happened and they basically clear him. So a lot of times when you see officers go on administrative leave, they, they're usually cleared of any, you know, any misconduct. And, and, and on top of that, they never lose their paycheck. Right. Black, white, Puerto Rican, it does not matter. You get paid until, you're, until you are found guilty. So you're telling me Chief Keith can go up in Little Rock, Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Okay, shoot up little BB, young Bibby, baby Bibby, you know, all them little Chicago rappers. I'm about to shoot Oscar up. <laughs> and, and he can still be paid while they're trying to figure out all this ballistics and yeah, that is XYZ. That's how it works. Did the clip state if the chief was there when... The yeah. suspect shot at the person. Yeah, the I think they was, was at, at a gas station or something. Well, he pulled up station. afterwards. He pulled up. No, he pulled up. It, it happened. He pulled up as it was happening. happening. Okay. That's what I'm saying. It's like the person is doing their best Marvel DC, you know what I'm saying, move. <laughs> like he's trying to save the day. Freeze. <laughs> <laughs> and and for me, I, I almost got gender bias about it. I was like, hold up. Is it because he shot at a woman? Like, what's going on? Nah, administrative leave and suspension is two totally different things. And administrative leave doesn't sound good, but administrative leave is what it is, a leave. If that chief was Plexico Burris, Plexico would still be a $50 million man with the New York Giants. I'll put it to you like that. First down for the Steelers, five receiver set. Roethlisberger fires it to Antonio Brown. Four defenders in the area. And Brown is down. Now that's one way to get him free is to move him into the slot. They're going to uh, have Antonio go to the sidelines. The officials saying that he's shaken up enough. He took a hit to the head there by Bates. And he's being escorted to the Pittsburgh sideline. He doesn't want the help. Uh, he was slow to get up, and the officials right on the spot recognize that uh, he may be hurt because of this hit to the head. And then a little extra from Perfect. This is the late night flight and we're about to talk about Antonio Brown. So, Jers, Jers, that's not nice, Jers. Not nice, Jers. We're talking about our black brother. Not nice, Smarts. I didn't say anything. I know you ain't say anything, but I know we talked offline and you're trying to dismantle this brother. You're going to dismantle him. So before y'all do any dismantling, all right, I want to read some things. All right. This comes from a young man named Colin Dunlap. He is a radio personality for uh, 93.7 The Fan. This is in Pittsburgh. Okay. He says something that actually struck the, of course, it struck something to me. 
But I think it makes a lot of sense of what's going on with Antonio Brown. And it's the angle that I want to start off with before y'all dismantle him. Okay. This starts from the January 9th, 2016 AFC playoff game when Vontez Burfick, I think that's his name, Vontez Burfick. I don't know if you know this man, but this man right here has. He's he dangerous, but. He has missed a total of 22 games due to suspension in his NFL career. That's 19% of his NFL career. That's crazy. He has okay. cost himself $4.6 million in salary money and was fined nine other times, costing $411,000 in total. Ooh. This guy right here damn near hurt Antonio Brown in 2016. Okay. And I want people to see that clip because this is what a radio personality said. I just want you to know. A white personality says something about this black brother. I want y'all to hear me out. Here you go. He started to be someone who was afraid everyone was out to get him. He never smiled after that all that much. He became somebody different. He talked about after he had this hit, by the way. Okay, so he got hit. He got hit really hard. hard. Or he had, a, he had a concussion. Okay. He had a concussion. Okay. And just like most strong black men that play in the NFL, he didn't want you to... Say that he had a concussion. He walked off the field on his own man and everything. He was probably really, really hurt. He was rocked. If you watch that YouTube clip, okay. you will be like, yo. I'll take a look. Yo. So anyway, he started to be someone who was afraid everyone was out to get him. He never smiled after that all that much. He became somebody different. He used to be innocently narcissistic. I'm going to say that one more time because that's kind of weird. He used to be innocently narcissistic. Okay. Much like a lot of receivers in the NFL. But he didn't have this dark side to him. Watch your mouth now. I don't know if you should say things like that, but I know what you meant. And for me, every single incident, it all happened after the perfect hit. If you can't see the trajectory that took a sharp spike right after the perfect hit, and he has never recovered since then, that's just the fact of the timeline. That everybody's out to get me. The dark. Never smiling. The guy used to smile all the time. When's the last time you seen Antonio Brown happy? I think that's the launching point for me is that AFC wildcard game. I think it's that hit. I think it's his head is all messed up from the game of football. Okay. Now, here's the thing. Because, yes, I am the one that's going to tell you Antonio Brown, bro, this ain't about you being the greatest wide receiver. No. Yo, I know you were the poster child for CTE in 2021. I know. I know. I know because when I see DK Metcalf, who looks like a mother transformer out there, but with purple hair. Wow. And when I see Odell Beckham running around doing ballerina stunts in the touchdown area, in the red zone, I'll be like, okay, I see what's going on here. I get it. Why receivers are devos. I don't want to call them divas. They're not women. They're devos. I get it. Mm -hmm. Michael Irvin, Terrell Owens, Randy Moss, the greatest of the greats have all had egos. They all been devos. Antonio Brown, this got to be at least the shortest devo next to Steve Smith right here. This dude is nasty. He's nice. But at the same time, he's a wild one. I didn't like Antonio Brown when they won one of these playoff games and he started posting their post-game, like, locker room stuff. You know, when the uh -huh. coaches getting everybody souped in, talking about you know, what it was a good win and what we did. In my opinion, as a person that played team sports in high school, you don't do stuff like that. You don't go show the, the people of the world what goes on in this locker room. Mm -hmm. Like, this is a private place. It already took women, female, journalists, uh, female journalists a long time to get in those locker rooms just to have interviews. Because, let's be honest, y'all seen Any Given Sunday, so... We know what that locker room looking like and what it is. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's a wild place. But again, this is a workplace where men are doing like the, I don't want to say the manliness, but the most macho of things. You know what I'm saying? The like they're the most machismo you can. The most machismo mm -hmm. you can, you can gather, you can yeah. slather. It's in there. Uh -huh. And Antonio Brown, say what you want. He's part of that. And my thing is, all the antics we done seen from Antonio Brown the last four years. What if this is a product of CTE? Junior Seau may be humble and nice, jurors, but remember, Junior Seau shot himself after playing with his kids in the backyard of his house with a note strapped to him saying, please, somebody take my brain and check this. Something's wrong with my brain. I hear you. 
Antonio Brown, there's something wrong with this man. And there's no one, there's no one looking to help this man. I know Tom Brady may act like he said some nice things and Bruce Arians act like they said some nice things, but they basically was doing that, as my man Nate would say, to save face. They didn't say anything that made me feel like, yo, y'all really going to comfort this man. Because at the end of the day, he's no longer part of this team for whatever reason. They did comfort him. Listen, comfort is, is something much more visual. It ain't that BS locker room talk that they ask you that NBC want to throw up a question to you and you say something real nice and kind and even kill. Nah, nah. He has real problems and there's no one there. And re- to be realistic, he's a rich man with a lot of problems. Like, uh-huh. this is how rich he is. He never left New York after the Jets game. The man just got caught not caught, but he was seen at the next game, front row, chilling. So are with you with that bang, uh, that bang coronavirus are mask you, on? Are you defending him or are you dismantling him? Which one are no, you doing? You're right gonna now? dismantle him. I am like not defending him. I'm just saying, like, yo, I want all the podcast talking heads out here to not jump on Antonio. I know y'all two about to do it, but I don't want people to do that because I think that this man needs help. He just needs help. And no one wants to give him the help that he needs. I understand that he looks wild crazy out here right yeah, now. Yeah, absolutely. My, my soul, you can't give nobody help that don't want it. How do you we, can't help someone that don't want it or that that won't help themselves. If, if, if a helping hand has been lended out to him, mm-hmm. by everybody on that Tampa Bay team, mm-hmm. and I'm not just talking about players. I'm talking about the owner. I'm talking about the coach. Keep in mind, they came and gave that man a job when no one wanted to touch him. Jersey, you can you can keep talking, but hear me out. I have a quick question. Okay. Do we know what that help looks like from that organization? When we say the owners want to help him, the coach wants to help him, what are they doing to display what help looks like? Just because you say I tried to help him, that doesn't make me believe you. I hear what you're Tom saying. Tom Brady the closest because when they was in New England, Tom Brady said, yo, Antonio Brown, come live with me. Like you leaving with the leader amongst all leaders, you know what I'm saying? So that is like okay, that's a, that's a, that's an olive branch right there. That's a start to something. Bruce Arians, by the way, never liked Antonio Brown when he was a defensive coordinator at Pittsburgh. That's a fact. Let's go. Let's go to Mr. Dunlap. Okay, and tell Mr. Dunlap that Teddy J said get some perspective before he put out and publish an article for the world to, to read and see. This did not start because of a hit. This started. Simply when he wanted a contract that Pittsburgh did not want to give him. Okay. Right? So he went into the mode where he got that one year contract. I right. forgot what they they franchised him. Yeah, franchised. Because they didn't want to give him the money. He didn't want the franchise tag because you what we all know in football, you get hurt that one time, that could be your career. So you want that long term contract that's gonna give you stability moving forward. Right. They didn't want to give it to him. Now the hit comes. Now he's pissed. Because if y'all would have gave me my money. My, my extended contract that I wanted when I got hit like this and I received this concussion, now I'm not thinking about the rest of my career, right? So it didn't happen with the hit. It didn't start with the hit, rather. It started when he wanted the contract that the team didn't want to give him. Then he ultimately left Pittsburgh like, you know what? I don't want to do this no more. He did mad videos. People was giving him props on the videos. I don't think, I don't want to blame this on CTE. And here's why I don't want to blame this on CTE. Because he was who he was and he is who he is before Mr. Dunlap opened up his mouth and said it was because of a hit. He is a brandish guy, an outspoken guy. He's that type of guy. He's always been that type of guy. My man said he didn't smile. The man has been smiling the whole time he was protesting against Pittsburgh. Now, bro, we watch wrestling. We know Hill Rock. We know Babyface Rock. And let's be honest. The lines with The Rock, because we ain't talking about other people like Triple H. Like, you know when he's a Babyface and you know when he's a Hill. With The Rock, it's like he's really the same person the whole way through. It just depends on how he feels. So think about this with Antonio Brown real fast. Let's say in Pittsburgh before like just open wide diva divaness just came about. He was a different type of diva. Just a happy-go-lucky, please give me the ball. I'm going to put this in the end zone type of diva. Now he's, I'm going to do me. What does that mean, Antonio? I don't know. You know what I mean? Like that's how he said, like no disrespect. He's not the most articulate. So I can't listen to this man even talk for 10, 15 minutes, be honest with you. You know what I'm saying? But again, that could be a case of the CTE, the divaness, the money, all of that together, but definitely CTE first. All right. So um, I just want to say, even if it is CTE, all of this, I blame 
everybody. Okay. And the reason why I say that is what I see is him doing his best Kyrie Irving slash Kanye West impression and everybody loves him for it. So you can't have it both ways. He can't act one way and then you celebrate him and then he act the same way and then you call it mental health, mental disorder. Help what is it? Okay, mentally. in your, in your they mind... They do that with Kanye too, They do the that with Kanye. In your and, mind... And they could, okay, I'm no, sorry. No, I'm about to say no. In your mind, what is he doing though that, that showcases the wackiness and not CTE-ness? I'm just asking. No, even if it is CTE, it's mm. behavior that's rewarded. Oh, okay. I, I see what right? you're saying. They, like, they still play him. Right. They still give him millions of dollars. Right. Even though he's been acting the way he's been acting. Okay. Right? And the fans love him for it. They cheer him when they do something he likes. And when he does act the same way and it's something that they don't like, they say, hey, somebody help him. Now, here's the thing about that. Which one is it? But here's the thing about that on where you want to blame everybody? With, with that, what you just said? The NFL needs blame because the they NFL do, do that, not care about the pain. That's of their what players. I'm saying. That's his body. They're using his body. They're still giving him millions of dollars. So what I'm saying is, even with the with the fans, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. With the fans, because it ultimately ends with the fans. If the fans scream that they want him to play, the league is going to let him play. I think it screams with the organizations. The organizations say we want to sign you. Then that's where it starts. That's just my personal opinion. I understand. I understand what no, saying. but I'm talking about the outcry, the backlash. Because he could have easily not played, right? Off antics prior. Okay. Right? All the allegations that he went through with the young lady. It was supposed to be done then. You gotta they reached the settlement. That's but that's what I'm but what I'm saying is this erratic behavior, right? This is not new. It's not thank you. It's not it's so not erratic because so, it ain't new. It, it's not new. No, 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 no. It might be his mental health. No, what I'm saying is it might actually be his mental health. Like Kanye West says, hey, I'm bipolar. I take meds. I do this, I do that. I'm crazy. And people show up to his concerts in droves. But I don't think Antonio Brown is running around saying that he's crazy. No, he's not. He doesn't have to. But okay. his, his 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 actions are saying it. You understand Again, what I'm saying? Who is extending the hand to help I don't Antonio think, Brown? I think everyone, hold on. I think, I think, I personally think he has people that care about him. And every time that something happens to him in public, people check on him. I'm going to ask one more time. Who is helping that's not, that's not gonna, that's not gonna, that's not news. Like, that's not good news. That no one's gonna cover that. No one is gonna report that. I get it. Because no one really cares. So, shouldn't we care just we about sh- the, no, not, 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 not on the news. I don't, I don't care if Sports Center don't wanna say, hey, you know what? We checked on Antonio Brown and he's doing so much better. I'm just saying, whoever Antonio Brown's circle is, uh, Tom Brady, Bruce Arians, hell, Mike Tomlin, Whoever these these leader amongst men, if you want to showcase real leadership, he doesn't have to play in the NFL right now. Hell, he'll have to play ever again. Who's helping this man? Why do you keep saying so? What's so wrong with him? Besides the situation with the female, what has he done that's so crazy? That's so outlandish. He um, I think he tried to do like an attempted robbery or some crap like that too. You ain't heard about that? I did not hear. He him. got yo. He got some he stuff got, going on the got, last he four got, five he years. He got a lot of stuff. He's been in the news a lot about a lot of things. And what I'm saying is, it doesn't make great news when somebody says I'm helping him like this and I'm helping him like. People don't really care. They look at the salacious. They look at the the controversy. They run on a controversy and then and then it's over. And it dissipates and then he shows up somewhere else. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What the f***? This is that pile of right here. Dr. Oscar Odom. Uh, I want to begin, doctor, by sharing this statement from the New York Department of Health and Mental Hygiene. This email is just a stunner uh, for the folks at home who haven't had a chance to read it. It says this, racial equity does not mean simply treating everyone equally, but rather allocating resources and services in such a way that explicitly addresses barriers imposed by structural racism and white privilege. There's so many things that can be said about that. I'm not sure where to begin. I just, I, I guess I would simply start by saying this. Is that not racism itself? Listen, smarts, you're going to be happy, smarts, because we're walking down your wheelhouse, okay? Hey. We're talking political science, COVID BS, okay? You see my smile? Yo, <laughs> so I was on a place that black people do not like. It's called Fox News, all right? Mm-hmm. And When I was on Fox News, of course, I don't like to watch Fox News unless I see a black person. And it wasn't Stephen A. Smith on here this time, (laughs) Jers. It was this brother who is an American journalist who has a bachelor's and a master's from the University of Colorado Boulder. This guy is a graduate of Harvard's Kennedy School of Government. All right. He's an accomplished brother. All right. And... I ain't going to lie to you, Smarts. I told you I had a, a, a crazy plan a long time ago. I think it was one of these episodes when Hanif was here and we talked about uh, Kim Clegg. I think I remember that. She was a female. Well, she ain't dead. She's a female black Republican. And she was running for, yeah. I think she was running for like a, a councilwoman. Uh, yes, I remember the, that. In the fourth ward of uh, Baltimore, like in the hood of Baltimore. That. I remember that. In the wire. And you saw her in this sexy red dress walking in the hood of Baltimore talking about something. My candidates ain't doing no like this. Right, right. <laughs> you better vote for me. Right. And, and I felt the move. Because let me tell you something. If I was ever, like if I was still, and Senator Rice would hate me for this, but if I really was like in the political field and wanted to do whatever I wanted to do, I would do it as, yeah, that's right. Look at my face when I say this. A Republican? A Republican. Got you. Now, I'm only doing it as a Republican for money and FaceTime. I'm just keeping it real with you. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because here's the thing. I'm here to change the culture of the Republican Party. You can't have this Mitch McConnell just walking around. We can't have that. We ain't going to do that. I'm going to Mitch McConnell up right. when, I get, when I get in the Republican Party jersey, all right? <laughs> Mitch McConnell, your worm face get knocked the f*** out. But anyway. Wow. Kevin Court, this brother right here, who is doing something that I would do. He doesn't seem like he's trying to be a Trump supporter. Now, I did see some clips of him talking about like, oh, you know, we, we're at the, the Trump ceremony and this, this and that. He's just, you know, being a reporter. He's just reporting. Yes. But at the same time, I mean, hey, listen, you're on Fox News. You're on Fox News. You know what I'm saying? You're on Fox News. That's all I can say about I'm just going to repeat after you. Yeah, say it again. You're on Fox News. That's all I can say about that. <laughs> wow. Now, this guy is, is talking about COVID, right? And I'm going to flip it to you. I'm going to let, I'm going to let this start with you, Smart. Yes. Okay, because thank you. he's talking about New York, uh, people in New York being, uh, I don't want to say they being segregated over vaccination education, if you will, or vaccination information, or even getting COVID tests because what's going on right now, yes. we're basically restarting all of this you know, mm-hmm. we're, we're, in, we're in year three of a pandemic, people, okay? Mm-hmm. Year three. Mm-hmm. We thought this was done four months ago. Year three. I just went to a strip club two days ago. I need to get checked. You need to get tested. <laughs> hey, Siggity. Ah, word is bull. If you can get a test. My God. That's if you can even get one. So, Smarts, I want you to play the other clip of my man, Kevin Cork, my new friend, my new black friend, Kevin Cork, okay? <laughs> okay, we and go. And I'm going to let you answer... His question. Yeah. Okay. Oh, my goodness. So let's go. 
No, you're right. And listen, I understand as a public policy, from a public policy perspective, you want to try to get the word out. You want to reach out to specific communities. That's fine. But when you start separating or, or segregating based on the color of one's skin, it just seems preposterous to me that that could actually be legal. I'm sure there will be some cases perhaps involving this moving forward. And by the way, I'm sure you have noticed this in your own experience. Maybe you haven't. I certainly have. I go to my barber shop and there's vaccine hesitancy in the community for a very good reason. And the, the best way to sort of uh, address that, frankly, is not to simply segregate people based on race, but to take the message to specific communities in such a way as to convince them of the value. Would you agree with that? OK, so Smarts, before you even uh, <laughs> answer the question to, to let us know whether you agree with it or not, I, I want the audience to know that I'm I'm hugging jurors right now because I, I want him to know that my new black friend, Kevin Cork, is funny. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo. My man said he wants you to know he black jersey. He said, I'll be at the barbershop. <laughs> <laughs> and all my black friends, you know, they have like vaccine hesitation, you know. <laughs> He's yeah, smart. So because this so I'm gonna preface this hey, by yo, saying my man is funny. Fox News said we want to talk about racism and black people. So we're gonna have Two black people on this panel. You better watch your mouth. Don't talk about Dr. Omar and, and my new black friend, uh, Kevin Cork. You better watch yourself. Go ahead. To give them the free reign to talk about this nonsense. Just because, obviously, yes, people are skeptical and people don't want to get vaccinated. Yeah, I was about to say, because how, how is that nonsense? That's not, people... no, the okay. nonsense. All right, go ahead. The nonsense is people knowing, with knowing that, and this goes back to why I got so frustrated when we had that whole Kyrie Irving discussion about the Barclays Center. And all. Anyway, because I can go on a long tangent. Can you please stop saying that you can't go on it? We don't want you to go on it. I'm not. Because I can, though. <laughs> but I'm not. And we won't want you. Okay. <laughs> now, now we won't let you. you want we education, won't, we I won't, can. We and won't, I will give we you won't, that education. We won't want you. <laughs> I will give you that education. <laughs> now, anyway. Y'all funny. <laughs> so, anyway. Black people, there's a lot of skepticism in the black community um, because we always get the short end of the stick. Our health and healthcare and finances and everything. So anything that comes to us is basically we're skeptical about it. So now, hold on, before, real fast. Yeah. But you heard what the New York Health Department said about that whole the distribute the distribute the distribution right so of because the of that because of th so because of that mm -hmm. because of that they want to push the vaccine there because be, because that's where the disparity the disparity is and what he's saying is that's racist because you're saying you're pushing it to black people and you're taking it away from white people because you're putting the equity into the black people that's ignorance so black people are in majority, not in the majority, but a large number of black people don't want the vaccine. They don't want to hear about it. They don't know about it. They don't consume the same foods. They don't have the same health care. They don't watch the same media. They don't read the same media as those people in those other communities. So what the program is saying is, hey, we're going to push these. It's That's what the inequity is. So we're going to push the resources where the inequity is. And they got two black people saying that's racist. You understand? So I don't necessarily agree with that. I, you make it, these other people have more resources. They have better health care. Mm -hmm. They're going to get it. Mm -hmm. Whether you push it to their communities or not, they're going to get it. Jers, mm -hmm. let me ask you a question. Do you think, do you think that the American government has done a Great job or even a good job, a good to great job. Let's say it like that. Had, had the American government done a good to great job going to black American and brown American communities, educating the people about why this vaccination is a good thing, not a bad thing. Because I, I ain't gonna lie to you. I would say no, but they have made sure that you can take the test. But they haven't educated people on should like on why you should take the vaccine. To answer to your question is yes. They have done a magnificent job. Okay. Now, mind you, I live in New Jersey. I don't live in New York City. And in New Jersey, I live or used to work for um, a black government, right? Which gets their funds from Trenton, which is the governor, and it trickles down. So the federal gives to the state, state gives to the city. In cities like Newark, 
predominantly black. Irvinson, predominantly black. East Orange, predominantly black. I can go on and on. The vaccine is readily available to anyone that wants it. Right, it's available. It's available. But do people not know only, about not like, only is it available, everything about it? They didn't know about the side effects. They know about honestly, the, the good effects, all of it. No one is going to know everything about it that doesn't research it. But this is what I'm saying. Is the, Ameri- I'm saying? But is the American government putting money in getting people to help educate the citizens of these cities? That's what I'm saying. The answer would be yes. Here's okay. why. You have news, right? So it's, it's on television all day long. You got social media. It's on your phone all, all day, day long. long. And I don't care if it's Instagram. I don't care if it's Facebook. I don't care if it's Twitter. The information is there all day long. You don't have to Google. You don't have, oh, what's that word? I don't understand that. You don't got to do none of that. It's all there. If you don't believe in none of that and you want to go straight to the source, you got the CDC website. Absolutely. You can go there. Absolutely. It's all public. So we actually agree. We actually agree. And we, we kind of disagree with those two guys. I understand what he was talking about, the barbershop. But don't push the barbershop to Fox News like that. Don't let them people use you like that, brother. All right, fellas, it is relationship time. Jers, this is your thing right here. This is your jam. You say these things slaps. Relationships. I don't, slaps. This, this I don't know is, about this one, though. <laughs> this one is for the people. This is for the people right here. So the New York Post has this ongoing YouTube series entitled Whole Lotta Love. And with Whole Lotta Love, they are breaking down poly family dynamics. So I want to say some things before we bring this clip up because it's about a, I would say a man who is cosplaying his best impression of Joe Jackson, where he has licensed and copywritten a, or copyrighted. What's the better word? Copywritten. It's copywritten. Thank you. Copywritten S for uh, TF, S for TF, something for the fellas Hmm. or the filth. Wow. The fellas, though. (laughs) (laughs) And he has six partners and he's just included two men that are rappers. But as Smart said earlier, he's our um, music producer uh, correspondent. He said, yeah, they are his writers now. (laughs) I said they're his hype men. (laughs) (laughs) So we got two split stars and a bunch of Eves, right? (laughs) They're just his writers. We, they're not going to be art. I'm we're asking. making jokes. I mean, they're, they're on the show, they're yeah. saying that they're going to be rap stars. Part of S4TF or separately? Well, okay. S4TF is the company. S4TF, wait, ST4F is a lot no, of like letters in S4. Something for, yeah. S4TF is a music group, which is the women. It's not the men. Okay. Okay. These are just going to be rappers under... This green-eyed bandit of a man's uh, label. Mm-hmm. I don't know the brother's name. I just know that he thinks he considers himself a green-eyed bandit, obviously, or something like that. But anyway. Oh, his name is JD. Okay, I just got that. Tensions, tensions rise in JD's house as we get to know the six women and three men in this polyamorous tribe in Texas. Okay? Now, I'm going to get to some crazy facts after the clip. Because we'll do some speculation, we'll do some fun. Because I personally believe this. Because I have a couple of associates, if you will, that have talked about going poly. Okay. And I think that these two women in particular that have talked about poly around me, and no disrespect to them, they're not women that make money. Okay, so just leave it there. Want me to leave it there? Yeah, because okay. you, you can't really dive into it no. until after the clip. Let's play the clip. Then. Come on, let's go. Let's go. Let's yeah, play yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. I grew up in a polyamorous environment. Co-parenting happened between three men and five women. And I think that just kind of carried on into my adult life and how I approach relationships. This is the only family environment I've ever f- known. <laughs> I don't know how to do monogamy. <laughs> I don't know how to love one person. One person can't be everything to another person. I love my wife and I still wanted to play. <laughs> I didn't want to do that anymore. We're fulfilled here. You have people that fulfill the intellectual aspect, that fulfill the 
physical aspect that fulfilled the emotional aspect. I have not to try this whole song through. We want our family to be bigger. This is JD, Black Stallion from Seeking Arrangements. She's cute. We will grow until we can't grow anymore. We're talking about creating this wonderful legacy for generations and generations and generations. I do want to be a part of SVTF on a Boulder. That's how you build empires. I'm in this family for life. I thought the way you build an empire is when you get your wife to do a bid for you for 17 years, <laughs> then you make Lions <laughs> Records, right? <laughs> and then Cookie just come out of jail and start wowing. Wow. That's how you build an empire. I Only mean, on Fox 5. My man said, I'm Black Stallion. Where's Mr. Wow when you need Yo, him? Wow. <laughs> Yo, that was the funniest part of the clip. And then he had the nerve to be on a website called Seeking Arrangements. Seeking Arrangements. Did he say that he grew up in the poly home? Yes. 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 He, he don't know how to do monogamy at all. Now, I want to get into the facts of them and then mm-hmm. we can go from speculating from there. So this is a music group that makes, well, that made $300,000 in 2021. They grossed $300,000 doing shows wherever in Texas. And they also have an OnlyFans where they make about $7,500 a month. Okay. These women who I have definitely checked out online Half of them are, well, used to be dancers or have done some type of man pleasuring or woman pleasuring. All right. So these harlots and their pimp, all right, are going around Texas. Are going around Texas. Yeah. So $390,000 in total. Right. Amongst how many people? That's nine. Nine people. On the clip, on the clip, mm-hmm. it says five women and three men. But it's but actually it's six. It's actually women. six women. Six women. And, and three, three men. men. And they're sharing $390,000 together in a nice house in Texas. And as me and uh, Smarts have talked about offline, uh, Texas is not an expensive place to live. And it's not an expensive place to get a nice home. Right. At all. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, I would love to move to Texas if this podcast ever gets big, for real, for real. Um, but honestly, I personally, this is a personal thing. I could be right, I could be wrong. I think a lot of people that want to do poly, of course, they want to do it for business reasons. I get that. But it always starts from people that two things. It's either they their financial status is not the greatest, or this is always the the, the one, in my opinion, the reason why it's like this. Men in particular, men do not have a good go of their marriage or relationship because they don't have the sexual experience to basically carry a relationship in a monogamous fashion for more than nine years. So when that relationship ends, now they like, nah, I'm going to just do me and I'm going to just explore and do all this stuff. They're not putting their mind on what's going to help them. They're just trying to keep their wet, in my opinion, to be honest with mm-hmm. you. And what's easier to just put your ass in a house in El Paso, Texas with six random strippers that want to be pimped out by a light-skinned Joe Jackson. Mm. Jers, talk to me. I don't like this segment. I'm mad that you made me listen to the clip. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm mad that I had to watch the video. You're welcome. We not going to talk about the fact that he took his daughter's uh, ex and got her pregnant and then made him one of the wives. We not going to talk about that. I mean, I'm we, just saying, we, like, we could touch on it, but the people didn't hear that part of it. I mean, I, I mean, no, no, that's fine. I mean, that's crazy. the only thing I can say about that is, listen, no disrespect. And I ain't trying to get racial about it, but white men in Utah been doing this for decades. But continue. Listen, more power to him and the women that's in this uh, stupid relationship. I'm, I'm, I'm calling it stupid because it's more about the music group than it is about the polygamy marriage, in my opinion. Okay. So... In a sense, you was right. He's probably pimping them out musically, but $390,000 over one year for nine people in the mansion in Texas, that's not a lot of money. It's not a lot There's of money at all. also children involved. I forgot how many children, how many kids he had with each woman. But yeah, that's that's nowhere near a lot of money for uh, for them to be broke and be like, oh, I want to be a part of this. But anyway, I'm not here to judge. I just want to say one, I just want to say one quick thing about the little kids, though. You can get them clothes from Target or Walmart like and that's like a four hundred dollar shopping spree right there, and they'll be they'll have clothes for three hundred and sixty five days. But go ahead, Smarts. Um, I just want to say, uh, <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> like it don't it it don't make sense, bro. This is crazy. All, all I'm all I want to say is to all the people that's doing poly, big shout out to you. Um, uh, I mean, how 
they got kids in the house. They got, there's a lot going on. And even if it's three hundred and ninety thousand dollars, you got nine adults, right? Which is like forty three thousand dollars a person, <laughs> right? Right? No. And right. Then you no, got, that's right. And you, then you got the kids, right? Yes. You got the kids. Yes. So it's like who's controlling the money? Because from the clip, since we're talking about the clip, the the big dog, uh, Black JD. Stallion. Yeah. <laughs> hey, <yo. laughs> His name is JD, sir. His name is JD. JD gave yeah. JD gave the two other men the keys and was like, yo, you were part of the family. So everybody is like for everybody. That is wild. Because the woman in the clip was talking about how she needs her intellectual fix fixed. She needs her sexual fix fixed. She needs her emotional fix fixed. And one man can't do that. Or one person can't do that. And I think that's bullshit. Right. That's bullshit. Like, what are you talking about? Of course one person can do that. Now, I'm not telling you you have to be like that. But come on, yo. When you got six partners and then you let two men out of nowhere because they got... In my opinion, mediocre rap skills. They get to have sex with your women. So the woman that said, the, the chick that said this, right? Yes. On the clip. Yes. She said this before the other two dudes became a part of the family. We don't know when the after. dudes came a part of the family. We don't know. It's all like, in the reason one why I'm, The reason why I'm asking this question is mm-hmm. because if you need all of those different things, there's still only one man in the house. No, the women get intimate with each other. Yes. The women get intimate with each other. Everybody. Everybody's basically Everybody. getting intimate so with each other. So it makes me point. think that JD and the flowers, you know what I'm saying? They might go be going down like all the way across the board, dog. You saying they doing women, man. You saying they doing. <laughs> I'm about to say this. I can't believe I'm about to say this. What happens if he want one one night and the other dude got her? So Hold he on. can't. No, 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 like, no, no. Ask the question and I'm gonna answer it. We're gonna conclude it. Go ahead, ask the question. I'm about to tell you. What happens if mm-hmm. The main JD yes. wants one of the wives. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, continue. But one of the rappers that he bought into the yes. house has that particular wife for that night. Yes. What happened then? Stop right there. I'm about to answer it. Okay. okay. So what Smarts is telling you is that this is a bisexual <laughs> Texas mansion and he's running up in there. He's going to get himself a piece. Feel every piece of this bisexuality. That's nice. <laughs> Would you guys date a shorter guy? No. No? No. Wait, why no? Why? It's just it's weird. weird. It's weird. Yeah. Right, what about you? Would you ever date a shorter guy? I don't know. When I look for a guy, I want the height, you know, the dominance. I don't know. It's just... We about to get into little help, all right? So, for all of my people that are 5'7 and under, here we go, all right? So, little help. Now, this segment, like I said, is dedicated for all my short homies, all right? All my short homies that are going through the things that tall people don't go through, like rejection from women and can't be a security guard, stuff Smarts, like that. Smarts, what, what do you have what? playing in the background, bro? What, what, what is that? What are you doing, dog? What is Listen, kind of music? Oh, that's, oh, that's not sore? Oh, it's, no. What are you doing? Look, man, it's, it's, it's my <laughs> elf music. Let it rock. Let it rock, all right? What the hell is this? So, they say... They say, this is what they say. Smarts, yes and no. Do you believe in the Napoleon complex? I actually don't. Okay. Jerz, Napoleon complex. No. Okay. Well, that's two, that's two good people that, that hang out with me. I mean, they are my friends. <laughs> Ain't no telling what they say behind my back. We don't want to die, so no. We do not believe in Napoleon. But I just want to let people know about... The Napoleon Complex. So the Napoleon Complex is named after Napoleon, of course, the first emperor of the French community. All right. Now, the folklore on this is Napoleon compensated for his lack of height by seeking power, war and conquest. All right. But this this whole view was fostered by the British. They they put together a propaganda campaign to diminish the, the enemy, Napoleon. All right. They did it in print. They did it in art. All right. And even after his death, and I ain't talking about Biggie, but even after his death, they they continue this propaganda, continue to mock him. So people that look like me would have to feel a certain way because of these stigmas that has been put out since what near the 1800s. It's funny how when you're short and you're mad, you're mad because you're short. But when you're tall and you're mad, you're just mad. Right. I understand. All right. Let me tell y'all something, all right? 
I don't buy a SUV because I'm compensating for something, all right? I buy a SUV so I can put your big in it, okay? Mm. That's what I do, all right? Mm. Mm. I don't want to buy, you know what I'm saying, like, I've leased three apartments in my lifetime, all right? Some had two bedrooms, some had one. But guess what? My short ass, hey, I get it. I don't necessarily need a big two bedroom. <laughs> some people might think I just need an igloo. I get it. I get it. Yo. But guess why I got another bedroom for? So I can put both of your in my mother bed, okay? Let me tell you something. That part. <laughs> Let me tell you something, Yo. all right? For all my short fellas, all right? Do not let the Napoleon complex with your mind, okay? This was built as a propaganda. When you're upset, it's because people have upset you and you need to let off on people the same way they're going to let off on you regardless. So here's the thing. Don't believe in the Napoleon complex. It's not a real thing. It's just not a real thing. I just went to the mall with a 510 woman, you know what I'm saying? And you know what I use her for? An accessory. Because she helps me get all the other women. They be looking at me like, how this smurf over here got this Snow White and Yeah, because I'm fly. Because I'm dope. Because I got the number one podcast in New Jersey. Because I got the best improvisationist in New Jersey. Because I got the best audio dude in New Jersey. We running it. We running it. That's right. That's right. So all my short people, I just want you to know, keep your confidence. All right, keep your confidence. Get a degree. Do something. This is crazy. All right? That's all I got to say. This is Nassau in the room. And to all my short people, stay tall. We'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for flying the late night flight. Shout out to all the pilots who contribute to the Fastest Rising podcast. If you want to contribute, DM us at the late night flight. Hey, yo, what the f***? This is a pilot right here. 